Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 428. I'm your host, Christopher Jones. 428. That was a pretty good engine. A um, long time ago, I had a couple. Uh, let's move on to something else like football. I don't know why, because nothing's happening in football. We know that the uh, combines are canceled. We know that the global combine is in potent global combine and Global draft have been postponed until uh, into May sometime. Uh, this COVID COVID nineteen is really uh, kicking the shit out of a lot of people. It's scaring a lot of people. Um, I'm uh, definitely self isolated up on our ranch. I don't go out too much. I do go into town and, and I'm working in a mill, uh, taking it down because it's it's a defunct mill and I'm we got one of the buildings and I'm tearing it apart and uh, I don't nobody comes to see me all day I just work on my own uh, and then I like that and then I go home I, I, you know what I never like talking to people anyhow I'm a bit of an asshole so I'm kind of like people tend to stay away from me I don't know you guys have noticed that or not I don't know um, but yeah so uh, I'm just self-isolation is good uh, we got two small kids a pregnant woman uh, my daughter's pregnant, and, uh, you know, there's six, seven people living in this house, and, uh, you know, we're just not going out anywhere, and that's the way it's supposed to be, guys. You're not supposed to be hugging and kissing friends and family. You're not supposed to be doing all that. You're not supposed to be jogging around the seawall. Um, you know what? Just stay inside. You know, you can go play in your yard, but don't don't go out in the neighborhood. Don't go greeting people. Don't go doing it. Go sing off your book and hear something. Wait till the neighbors tell you to fuck off. Um, you can do a lot of things, but you don't have to go greet people. You know, if you have to go out and go shopping, then do so. But, you know, hey, that's my rant for the day. Uh, just, uh, you know what? It, the, the sooner that we all participate in this, the sooner this fox is going to fuck off and die. And uh, that's what we all want. Uh, it scares the shit out of me being asthmatic and uh, I, I catch this virus. I'm dead. There's no doubt about it. I have no doubt in my mind that I'll die, and uh, I don't want it, and I like living right now, so um, stay away from me. Just stay away, and I'm I'm really hoping the virus isn't transmitted via this Facebook, so I'm doing okay. No, I'm just joking. Uh, Yeah, okay, so uh, you have a good one, and uh, let's uh, talk some football now. I'm going to open the mic and introduce the, the panel. We've got a full slate of people on here. We've got five of us. Like, what the hell else has they got to do, man? The self-isolation, sit around, talk football. Um, it's too bad there isn't going to be any goddamn football. We're going to talk about that, okay? I'm opening up all the mics straight across the board. Um, welcome. We have a celebrity on on, on, on the panel tonight, uh, Will McDonald. Uh, they actually, he's got his own meme now. Uh, Will, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? And, and never in my life did I think when I when my wife took that picture it would become a meme. So hey, there you go. It's it's one of my 
different pictures, but that's okay. And hey, your, your I, wife I took never, that picture. Kind of, I thought it looks like a selfie. No, my wife took that picture. You understand, my wife is short, so that's probably why it looks like a selfie. She probably had to stand on a chair to take it. But uh, you know, I thought when I was fifty. Someone gave me my very own bobblehead, and I thought I had arrived, but now I have a meme, and it will live on in infamy forever. And by the way, who cares? Yeah. There you go. Who cares? There you go. So I, I have been, uh, I'm still going to work, and I am practicing self self-isolation because... I'm in a 15,000-square-foot building all by myself. (laughs) It's kind of freaky. So, you know, just saying. So. Yeah. That would unnerve me being in a giant building like that alone. That's how horror movies seem to start sometimes. Nah. Yeah, I know, but... But it's it's a modern building and 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 I and I got all the doors locked so nobody can come in. Okay, and uh, it's just me and my computer and my phone and occasionally I go outside to talk to somebody and that's about it. So have you sent uh, everybody's home then? Have you? Everybody is working from home. Yes. Okay. And. Uh, I just can't do my thing from home. No, and I guess I'm also I guess I'm also the acting security guard because the the business park I'm in is is far away and it's in a pretty isolated area. The only way people would come out there would be to go to work. And there's not a lot of people around right now, so I would think that, you know, break ins are imminent. How does that sound? That's sad. That, that's sad. I know it is. It's sad, it's sad that people take this opportunity to grossly profit from it uh, via uh, selling important things that people need for grossly inflated prices or to be going off and stealing from businesses that are abandoned because the people are doing what they're supposed to do, which is self-isolation. Personally, I think that you know, if you declare martial law, I think we should be allowed to shoot these people. I, I, you know, I do. I just think we should be allowed I'm to shoot. I'm not going to disagree. Or well, step with these, a dull spoon. These idiots okay. um, just this past week in Coquitlam getting busted for selling um, masks to people for a big profit, yeah. which is yeah. ridiculous. Okay, uh, I live in a very small town, 7,000, 7,200 people. Okay, it's a small town. Um, we have uh, an extra food store, which is like a small, real Canadian superstore, right? And uh, we also have a Walmart. But we're we're like an hour and a half from the lower mainland, from Abbotsford, Chilliwack area. We're like an hour from Kamloops, and we're an hour and a half from Kelowna. The other day, we had three buses, three buses, tour buses, show up at the extra food store. Two of them were full of people. Okay, these are Asian people. They get out, 
they absolutely bought everything in the store. Now, there's big notices that says you're only allowed two items of each thing. So these people were going, buying two items, going out to the third bus, putting it in the third bus, and then going back and buying another two items of it. They were going around and around and around in a circle. Um, and the, they called the cops, right? And uh, there's now a, decla- a state of emergency is declared in the city of Merritt. And uh, no, no buses are allowed into the city unless they're, they're getting fuel. And nobody is allowed off the bus except the driver. And uh, that, you know, it's kind of like why, why do these people think they can, they can come in and do this into a small town and take the, the necessary goods away from the people that actually live there? It really pissed me off. Um, but uh, it, and then I've seen other places where they're actually organizing uh, there's Asian communities that are organizing raiding parties in buses and going to small areas and doing this. And it's not only here. It was in Wisconsin. It was all over the place. It's just like these people have no social graces. Um, I don't know. And in B.C., it's illegal to have a, 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 a group gathering of that many people. So I don't even know why, how these tourists are, are allowed to, to move around. So... I think the government of BC has just put on this new thing on the, on the Coquihalla Highway that you're not allowed to drive it unless it's a necessity or a commercial use. So good for them. Anyhow, digress again. Going back to this weird thing. Okay, well, well, thank you for that one, Charles. How you doing, buddy? Very good. I know you keep hearing my you bunk, keep pretending my to be bunker. sick. Yeah, I'm not sick, thankfully, and don't plan on getting sick. I'm Locked down here pretty close. I mean, I haven't been out of the house very much at all in the last 10 days. I mean, probably, I don't know, just there were a couple of uh, things I needed to go out for for work. Other than that, I've been at home. So going a little stir crazy, but you know what? It's short, like they say, short-term pain for long-term gain. I think that's how they say it. So yeah, it, it is uh, what it is. Wuhan city is into its 11th week of shutdown right now and they have reported no new cases for three days so they seem to have got it beat after about 12 weeks so that's yep. that's three months we're we're basically into our second week of lockdown right now yeah and we've got we've got um 10 10 to 11 weeks to go yeah that's exciting to think about isn't it well, oh, well, they did say they is. did say that this is going to bankrupt more people than it's going to kill. Probably. So we'll see how that all flies that. falls out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, whatever. We'll uh, still be here. Yeah, Mark, how you doing, buddy? Mark, doing doing Mark. well. I'm here. Okay. Had the mute button on. Doing well. Uh, bored as hell. There's nothing really much to do in Winnipeg at the best of times with this stuff. Holy crap. Uh, I did go to work yesterday just to see, had to drop some stuff off. And it's a 400-room hotel. It's got like 80,000 square feet of meeting space. There's 12 people in total working in the building over the 24-hour day. That's too many people. Do you guys have it's, any guests? It, it, no, um, 14 rooms a day right now. Oh, it's air crew. All we have is air crew. Yeah. 
and that's going to be shutting down soon too. <laughs> the people that are there are you're, they're essential. There's one person at the front desk, one person in engineering, the GM, of course. Yeah, it's it's it, I've never seen anything like it. It's really bizarre. Well, it's good to you see. know, you, you do what you got to do, man. You got to keep yeah. six feet away from everybody, right? Uh, th- that part, you know, the the isolation part, I don't find too much because I'm basically antisocial anyway. So staying home is nothing new for me. So that part of it's okay. Yeah. And I get to watch the Grey Cup tomorrow. Yeah, well, they're, they're replaying all the Grey Cup. What's your favorite one? My favorite one? Your favorite Grey Cup? You have Cup. to ask. No, not, not not this last one, Charles. Actually, okay. if I have a, if I have a favorite, it would probably be '84 when we beat Ralph Brock. Mm. You see, when you said it wasn't this last one, I thought you might say '88. No, '84 when we beat Ralph Brock. '88 was good just because of the interception on the goal line. Yeah, it was kind it wasn't of that good. Eighty-five was good. I liked eighty-five. I liked uh, 2011. 2011 was really good. Was, was really good. We got to beat those bombers uh, at home, and then uh, my all-time favorite, of course, is, is two thousand and nine. Um, speaking of which, Phil, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? I was doing real good. Glad to hear that. Well, I heard about your favorite Grey Cup. Yeah, good to talk to you guys again. I've been basically uh, self-isolating here as well, although it's not a big change for me. I've been self-isolated since November. I did go out to the grocery store and the beer store yesterday, though, and interestingly, uh, no shortage of groceries, but the beer store was half out of beer, and the popular brands were all gone. And uh, so I had to ask... Have the truck stopped rolling? And they said, no, no, people are just buying it up. <clears throat> They've moved on from toilet paper to beer, interestingly, because everybody's home, nobody's working. Well, did you see that post that Labatt's is uh, stopped producing beer right now and uh, uh, focusing on uh, creating um, hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer, which they are giving away. They're giving away to um, frontline people, grocery store clerks, whatever, whoever has to be out there in front of the people and uh, essential service people, and they're they're giving it away. And you know, I I really I'm I'm not posting a lot of stupid shit on Facebook right now, uh, only because I just don't want to see it, and I'm tired of. You know, they, a, a lot of stupid things. I make a couple of funny things like that big uh, shopping cart. But uh, Labatt's doing uh, switching to sanitize, hand sanitizer is one of them. And uh, I, I really like what uh, Loblaw store is doing. They're, they're paying their frontline people an extra $2 an hour. And, uh, you know, granted, uh, that's not a lot of money if you actually get sick because of it. But um, I'm I'm happy for them, you know. I'm that they're stepping up and they're taking care of their people when when a lot of people don't. 
right? And um, they're also doing that Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning, 7 a.m. for seniors and, and people at risk where the entire store has been sanitized. It's been stocked. So these people get first shot at, at the groceries for the day. And uh, and uh, people aren't allowed to just come in and abuse them, right? So the old people can come in there and uh, and take care of business without um, without the pressure of being uh, trying to get everything. I, I'm, I'm just happy for them. And uh, all the grocery stores in our community here, or most of the stores, period, are now restricting the amount of people that are allowed at one time. And uh, to me, that's a good thing, too. We keep digressing into this uh, COVID nineteen type of thing, but it's 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 kind of like taking over our lives right now, and uh, taking over uh, everything really. We're we're pretty much um, knowing that uh, football season's not going to start on time. In fact, we're going to be very thankful if there is a football season this year at all. And we'll see how that goes, and as time will tell, and. Uh, we're going to touch base on a few things. So uh, let's start, start talking some football for a bit, and we can do that. And, uh, of course, there's going to be a lot of crossover between football and COVID-19 right now. Um, as segment one tops off, the BC Lions football operations member has tested positive. Uh, this is a guy by the name of Travis Brown, and he is the BC Lions linebacker coach. And he is um, – uh, his alma mater is Fresno State, and that's actually where he lives, is, is in Fresno County. And uh, he has been diagnosed with uh, coronavirus. There's a, a thing on Facebook if you want to follow it. Uh, his mother, Mindy Brown, has put, posted it and, and given a big, uh, um, basically telling what's happened and how things are going with him. Um, he, he felt like shit and went to the hospital and he was uh, admitted right away and yada, 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 yada. They actually released him from the hospital and sent him home, told him to self-isolate, which he was already doing. Uh, he's got 911 on speed dial and uh, uh, he seems to be doing okay. He seems to be getting better. And uh, uh, that's, I'm very pleased to hear that. I'm pleased to hear that anybody's getting better really hate to hear the bad type of thing but this is not a, a statistic for canada it's one down in california and uh but he is a C line member and uh doing you know hopefully the best for him yeah that was actually last saturday where his mom said his condition was so scary that they took him by ambulance to the county hospital yeah Last last Saturday, no, the Saturday before. It was my birthday, March 14th. He's been fighting it since then. And this is, what, the 24th, so 10 days ago. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Charles, you got anything to add to this? He's a Travis uh, Brown is the linebacker's best, coach. Yeah, best wishes for him uh, to recover. It sounds like he's trending in the right direction, which is fortunate. Um uh, you just um, it just goes to show you that you know, the, all the people that were downplaying this, um, all the idiots that were downplaying, and there's still a, uh, a segment out there that is, but I think it's shrinking. But uh, it's it's touching everybody. There's very few uh, segments that uh, in the world right now it hasn't been touched, whether it be any sports league, whether it be Hollywood, whether it be 
well, anywhere, really. Uh, so you'll just hope that, uh, you know, stay indoors and uh, hope for him to do, be uh, on the mend and hopefully he can make a full recovery and uh, move on. I mean, there's not much more you can say at this point. Uh, no. It's just no. a crappy situation we all got to deal with. Anything to add to this? I mean, I don't know anything about Travis Brown. He was with the Edmonton Eskimos as a linebacker coach for the last two years. It just seems that everybody from Edmonton is now over in BC. And uh, I'm not going to go. Not going to go there. What a stupid comment here. Police are not enforcing school zone speed limits as classes canceled for coronavirus. No shit. It's only when school's in session that their school has to do it. Anyway. Well, even though, even so, it's spring break here, so the school, the 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 school zones are not in force during spring break. So, but even so, I mean, it was they're only for if the school's not in right now, even without spring break. So, big deal. What's who cares? Yeah, I know. How does this make what the news? What up, Will's mean? Yeah, that's not news. Not news. Okay, Will, you got your tinfoil hat on. What do you think of 5G? What's 5G? Uh, it's the uh, a step up from 4G. Cell phone. What was that? Cell phone towers, 4G, 5G. Yeah, what about them? What you know anything 5G? about them? No, not at all. Nothing. Well, you should have a tinfoil hat, so I was just checking. Well, no, but it's an invisible tinfoil hat, so it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Okay. Just checking. Okay, just checking. I, yeah, I just don't want to. I don't want to discuss my tinfoil hat. I, I just because people might think I'm weirder than I already am. So. Well, I don't think yeah, I could. I don't. Couldn't think you that you're any weirder than you are. Yes, you could. Okay. I mean. No, but I thought we were talking about Travis Brown. I hope for Travis Brown's sake and for everybody, for that matter, who has this, they get better. That's my only wish, is that they get better. It's that simple. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. And 5G, is that what I'm on now? Yeah, I'm on 5G now. Am I not? No, nobody's on 5G right now. Okay. I'm on 3G. No, I'm on 4G, so... Okay. Was that a topic of conversation? Or does that... I don't know. just came up with... Okay. I'm just flipping through Facebook. Oh, okay. I haven't been on it for a couple of days, so I thought I'd flip through it. And well, that, no, you know, I, It seems I, like the government is using the opportunity right now to start installing the 5G network when everybody's not around. And, and the uh, the well, bandwidth and, of what this is is basically up in the microwave thing. So they're just nuking us. And uh, it's not, gonna, uh, not a I good thing. Mention something. I was going to mention something to you because you mentioned that you don't like all the negative stuff that's on Facebook and blah 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 blah. Correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just and I just and I just noticed that you applied to get accepted to Nick Lewis's Facebook page. I, or I did. did you, are you the one that accepted me? No, I didn't accept you. Are you I, not I'm an not, admin not at this group? No, no, no. Okay. But 
one of the things I've noticed about Nick Lewis's page is it's all positive. You don't get lots of crap on there. And it's actually quite enjoyable to watch or read or look at, whatever you want to call it. When you got Nick doing burpees in a bunny suit, I mean, how can you not? There's no negativity there whatsoever, okay? None, none, so, none. I'm just saying, right now, I think a lot of people need some positive stuff. Not the daily bullshit that happens on Facebook, okay? Just say it. Yeah. Hmm. Typical, typical, typical. Yeah. No, that, no, no, that's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Okay, so... We've done gone past uh, Travis. Uh, next segment here is President CFLPA President Solomon Aluminium sends out a memo preparing players for the possible shutdown. Are we more likely than not to have a delayed start to the season at the least? I, I'm just hoping to watch some football this year. I don't think that 2020 is going to be a good year for fucking anything. And uh, it may not, we may not see a CFL season this year at all. It's and, possible. Uh, that's a fact. I, I do have a question for you on this because um, we have players that are signed for a one year contract. Does that, does that contract going to expire in February free agency of next year? And, and you know, these players that have all taken signing bonuses and they don't have a season to play. Uh, I, should the contracts all be extended for their year? Am I asking too much here, or or is this like realistic? I'm not sure how that's going to work. That's a good question. Are their contracts viable for this year? Never mind next year. If well, I mean, the, they're all under contract right now, regardless probably. of how much football we play, and 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 many of them can cash, hard cash, signing bonuses already to play this year. And if there is no this year, is it just free money? Hmm. Is it just a Darian Durant type of thing? It's weird because it's kind of uncharted territory. Because the thing is, when most of these contracts were signed, no one foresaw anything like this. All of a sudden it pops up and... uh, it's thrown away. So that that's actually a really good question. If there is no season this year, do those contracts expire? That could be a, that could be a struggle between the owners and the players if that goes that way. Because it's good, very interesting. Can we get Orge to come back for one more year? Can we get who? Orge. He is a lawyer. Oh, I'd love to have Jeffrey Orge back as the commissioner. Oh, that would be lawyer. so awesome. Huh? Huh? Hmm. I don't know. That's actually a really interesting... I never really did think about that, but that actually makes a lot of sense. A good question. Who, who do we post this one to? I don't know. If there's any lawyers out there listening, send us a message to see what you think. Or agents or anything. Hmm. 
I, hmm. I mean, we're, there's nothing even really to compare this to because we've never had a situation like this in any sport, let alone in the CFL. So, uh, so this is actually going to be a question for a lot of sports leagues, not just the CFL, about because uh, Major League Baseball is having their season held up too. So I'm just wondering, this is going to be something not only for the CFL but in sports in general. Yeah. I mean, it's not unique to the CFL. Absolutely not. No. I'm, I'm not, not in any way, shape, or form saying that. But, but uh, I honestly couldn't give a fuck about the other leagues. I'm no, more concerned true. about my CFL. So um, it's the one that's near and dear to my heart, right? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I'm going to post a uh, a thing up on uh, Let's Talk all about this and find out what we're going to do here. So ca- carry on. What's uh, what's your thoughts on this, uh, Phil? Well, I think it's a really interesting question. Um, it's not something I fear for for CFL teams because uh, really it's the free agents only signed this off season that that that's going to affect, um, and I guess probably only BC and. Toronto or would be affected greatly by this. Um, what, what, but what do you wow, mean, why? A, why do you question. figure this? How so? Just because they had all the uh, big name off season signings. It, but that has nothing to do with it. Winnipeg signed contracts where the people got signing bonuses, right? They they signed a lot of their own players, but they a lot of them got signing bonuses. In fact, very rare you see a contract that doesn't have upfront money, regardless of the team that's signing it. So please don't tell me that this is only going to affect the BC Lions and the Toronto Argonauts because of their big name signings in the off season. This it affects every single team. Just when we were going through that list there a couple of weeks ago, it, it just it, I did kind of note that uh, I had never seen so many seventy-five and a hundred thousand dollars signing bonuses and. Uh, as we'd gone through that list, and that list was made up of mostly uh, Toronto and, and BC players at the time. I, I would be interested to, to see but that's only who, who Three Down Nation was putting out there is doing that, right? That was the top 10 or whatever that were signed this year. But if you go to the bottom 100, you're going to see the same thing. Yeah, this could be this could be a severe financial impact to the Canadian Football League. Then that's what I'm saying. I wonder. Uh, I wonder how it works with the TSN contract. There was a story uh, about ten days ago on that that gave a little bit of relief for the league on, on the TSN contract on a shortened season. Uh, somebody weighed in with some some legal information on that. Maybe, does anybody remember that? I didn't see that. No. No. That, that there would still be a, a a relatively strong income stream during a shortened season for the Canadian Football League uh, from TSN. No, I haven't seen that. I'd, I'd be interested to find out, but I didn't see that one. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, Maybe we'll get what we've always wanted and what we've always talked about for years. 
which is the CFL season should start on Labor Day. Yeah, that's Maybe. me. I, that's... I, I totally, completely agree with that. Okay. Right. Mm. Yeah, hell? let's have a great cup in January and let's do it. This is that sounds awesome. That's it's, I've been purporting this one for a decade. Yeah, you shorten the season. That's when in Winnipeg would be fabulous. No, you shorten the season to nine games. You start eight August, or you start uh, Labor Day weekend, and go for it. Go to it for from there. Okay. Pretty simple. Pretty slick. Pretty easy. I already don't get enough football. I, I would assume that the CFL, as far far as sports organizations go will be the leader in this because other than baseball, they're going to be the first season that actually is supposed to start since this coronavirus thing, right? So let's see what they come up with. Yep. You know, I, I can see a whole, I can see a whole line of hazmat suits in team colors. Okay. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Sitting in a stadium and sitting in the middle of the stadium in in the middle of the summer in a hazmat suit. (laughs) That would just be a sight, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. It would be interesting, that's for sure. Will's got a point, though, if you count the months. It might start in September. The way it's going, Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It very easily happen. I mean, and and then even if it does start, you have to get over, you have to get over the people that are not just not gonna show up because they're still scared of what's going on out there. Yeah, that's yeah. Certainly... and I I would be one of them. I'm in self isolation now for fifteen weeks. Yeah, that's a fact. I'm just, you're not getting me out of the off my property unless you absolutely have to for the next five months. Reason for me to go, and and there's no reason for anybody to come and see me. Stay the fuck away. Yeah, and the the other thing I was thinking is, you know, here's let me throw this out there. I I'd be more than willing to watch CFL games on TV if there was no people in the stands. You know what I mean? For a year. Can, can the team survive that? And and, well, and it, what always, happens to them? You know, their say, contact always, with individuals. I was going to say, you're always saying that CFL teams do not need asses in the seats, right? No, I didn't say that. I said the BC Lions can go between below right. 12,000 people in the seats before it becomes uh, unaffordable, where they before they start right. to go into the bed. Other teams are much higher than that. They're in the fifteen to eighteen thousand range. Um, so you know it's it's it, it, it you still need people in the seats for this to work. Well, and I but wonder how. I'll tell you what. TSN. If, if if there was no people in the seats. TSN's ratings would skyrocket. Absolutely. Would skyrocket. So they would have to step up and man up with some dollars for the, the CFL to continue. Uh, that would be interesting. That would be very interesting to see if they would do that. 
Because I'll tell you what, I mean, every one of us is going to be at home watching every single game. Right. Instead of going to watch them, you're going to be you're going to be watching them on TV, right? The the ratings for these games will absolutely skyrocket. Interesting. I I think it could survive with no fans for a year as long, like you said. Uh, TSN kicked in more, and they might have to come up with some other creative ways to to for revenue and stuff like that. But I think it's possible for the short term. As Charles and I would know, if wrestling can put on live shows in front of zero people, yeah, the CFL can. The CFL can. I, yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Do, do they? Because they've been doing that for three weeks now. Yeah. Oh really? I didn't know that. On shows with, they've been putting on shows with no people, and they're still doing WrestleMania. Yeah, with no people, which is their biggest event of the year, which is like their Grey Cup or or Super Bowl, and they're gonna have no people at it. So that's it, interesting. I think every team could survive one year. Yes, they're. I'm assuming they've already got the year's money from TSN on the contract. Right. So they've got that anyway. Um, Winnipeg can live off of the Grey Cup merchandise sales that they made. Saskatchewan isn't in any trouble at all. Uh, And even the games that are played, okay, there's no fans, there's nobody buying anything, but there's also no staff working. So there is an offset there, too. So I think all the teams have, like, deep-pocketed enough owners to survive one year. If it went more than that, no, obviously, but I would assume it's not going more than that. No. Uh, And even a nine-game season, a nine-game season, they'll still make it – some profit out of it because they don't have the buildings working anyway. I'm like, well, I guess BC does because that's year round. <laughs> Toronto, I guess, would stand to lose the most amount of money from ownership wise, though. But they also have one of the richest ownership groups in the league yeah. with uh, Major League Sports, so they can yeah. absorb it probably with very little effect. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, it's TSN that owns them. TSN's parent company, Bell Media. In reality, yes, that's true. Yeah. And which is also shared with Sportsnet or Rogers right now. Didn't the MLSE buy in completely now? So it's Rogers and Bell Media that are that are the yeah. others. I think so. so. I don't know how to do this. What's going on? My post is not working. Huh. Oh well. Don't know what to say. Interesting subject. But Solomon Aluminian, president of the CFLPA, says that players better be prepared. 
because it's not it's not going to happen on time, and that's just no. simply a fact. I still think there will be some sort of season. I don't think that we're going to lose an entire season. It's not going to start on time. It's not going to start in June. I'm not that naive, but I still think that we will be able to get some sort of season in. I don't know what, but I don't know exactly when, but I still think it's going to happen. I think there's also the when do they reopen the borders, too. Well, because that is expected. you got to have the U.S. guys coming up. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm not quite as optimistic as Charles. I'm really not. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to stay optimistic because it would just not be fair if we do not get the home opener to celebrate the Grey Cup win. It just will be wrong. (laughs) I do. I'm just staying cautiously optimistic. That's how I like to put it. Curious though if the Bombers still have the Grey Cup because they did before all this started. Well, they'll still have the Grey Cup. But they're not going to. It's not going to get taken away from them. They just get to. I, I know the CFL in 112 years, this has never happened to it. But there has yeah. been other leagues that were suspended for during war. No, I mean the the physical Grey Cup itself. The Bombers. Well, who else would have it? Yeah, no, they've kept not, it longer. You're not awarded it for 2020. You don't get your yeah. names on it again. No. No, I but, know that. But, but you might but as well, I mean, like, you, you might as well continue to cup. pass it around. Yeah, well, they're not passing it around very far right now. <laughs> no. no. Mm-hmm. Right? Away so, from me. I can watch it if they need somebody to take care of it. Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't think so. Yeah. I'm just, uh, it's kind of weird. The worst thing is about this, about this is we have nothing, we have nothing to compare it to. Nope. No, so we truly, truly don't know what's going to happen. So this isn't like a strike or a lockout even. It's not nothing like nope. that. It's completely completely uncharted territory. Yep. Yep. It absolutely is. And I mean well I mean all those people out there who you know are looking forward to hockey playoffs. Hockey playoffs are not gonna happen. It's done. No. This is the season is done. Well, the, 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 um, the juniors have been canceled completely, the yeah, Western yep. Hockey League, Ontario Hockey League. It's done. It's over. It's just the not NHL's happening the only the hockey season. that hasn't canceled. Yeah. Yeah, and they're just they're they're going to, I guarantee it. Well, they have no choice. Yeah. Well, they could play in empty arenas. They but, could play in August. Yeah, I mean, hockey playoffs go on too long anyways, so. And I'm pretty sure they're not going to want a three-week off-season. No. Probably not. Well, <laughs> yes and no, because, hell, they're getting an off-season right now. Basically, they ain't playing. True. Not even leaving yeah. their house, most of them. 
Some of them are in the hospital. At least one of them. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Let's move on. The Eskimos are interested in signing S.J. Green. Does he have anything left in the tank? Well, the S.J. Green went down into the XFL, and uh, their season has now been canceled, and they have released players from their contract so that they can come up and sign with either the NHL, NFL, or the CFL. Um, he's a hell of a good player. Why would somebody not sign him? Uh, in my opinion, anyhow, he, yeah, is he old? Is he over the hill? Yeah, but I think he's still got a little bit more to offer than what most people think. Uh, Eskimos are interested in him. Good for them. Sign him. I don't know why anybody would be signing any players now, not knowing if there's going to be a season. But so be it. Phil, your take on the Eskimos here. Oh, I think that's a good fit. I don't think S.J. Green is uh, is over the hill yet. Uh, he's got a lot of talent, and he can bring a lot to a team that has uh, young receivers. I, I think anybody that gets him is uh, is going to be in great shape. I, I think there's only so many teams that can use him, as we discussed here a couple weeks ago. Um, there's a lot of talent at the wide receiver position in the CFL right now. But... Uh, you know, he didn't maybe have a career season last year, but in Toronto, uh, a recent interview with McLeod Bethel Thompson suggested that Toronto was more of a shit show than any of us knew from the outside looking in. We all knew it looked bad from the outside, but apparently on the inside, it looked way worse. And there's he's actually the second uh, player that I heard say. They had never seen anything like it before. So uh, as far as uh, SJ having a future in the CFL, I think there's still another year left in the tank easily. So I sure would like to get him, see him sign somewhere, but please, out east. That's all I got. Okay. You you want S Chain to play out east? Yes. yes. So, well, the eastern teams aren't looking at him, and Edmonton Eskimos are, and he signed a contract with Edmonton. How's that relevant? Did I miss me? Did, did I miss something? Did he sign already? No, no. Uh, but no. the Eskimos are apparently interested in signing him. They seem to be the only team stepping up. I haven't heard of anyone else that's interested. Not to say that there isn't, but there certainly hasn't been any reported. I can't think of anybody else who has a need with the possible exception of Ottawa. That's a true story. So Edmonton needs them. So he finds it in Edmonton. I'm okay with that. I don't see a problem with this at all. William, thoughts on the green monster north of you? William, um, did we lose him? I no, never have not. thoughts of the. I never have thoughts of the green monster north of me, except they suck. 
I was waiting for that. They always will suck. Can we make it a will meme about that? They suck. They suck. suck. I mean, let's face it, they suck. Um, I, I, you know what? It's 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 quite funny because I I had mentioned to you that one of the other, one of the other pages I am did on did a did a did a podcast, and on their podcast they did the way too early predictions for the season. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And. Both of the guys on the podcast were Eskimo homers, okay, and one of them put the Eskimos finishing in first place, which I expected, and the other guy put the Eskimos finishing in fifth place in the West, Wow, which I thought was quite amazing. And he, I know him, I know him, and he is a, he is an Eskimo homer. And it was kind of refreshing to hear a guy actually, you know, think realistically about his team. Because I don't think that team did that well in free agency. No, they have I Trevor think... Harris. Yeah. They have Trevor Harris, but he is, as Mark has mentioned numerous times, inconsistent. And I don't think they're going to be that good. Just my opinion, but they really didn't sign great guys. They lost some great guys, but those great guys never really did gel with the team because they were only there last year. You think about it, they got they got Trevor Harris, and who's the uh, what's the wide receiver's name who came from Ottawa last year? Ellington. He's been around. Uh, Ellington. Um, Ellington. Ellington. And, and and he, in my mind, is getting long in the tooth. He doesn't seem to have that, that jump anymore. And I don't know, man. But on the other hand, you do have Scott Milanovic. And he might be the guy to turn Trevor Harris into an elite quarterback. So... But these are all speculations, and who knows? Right? Yep. I mean, you know that every year, Will's Will's goal is that is that it doesn't matter either or Edmonton or Saskatchewan finishes finishes eighth or ninth of the league, or vice versa, right? So, right. And I think Edmonton's taken a pretty good shot at it this year. So, we'll see. But then again, and here's an interesting concept. Let's go back to a nine-game season. We'll see who can, you know, a nine-game season is a, is a lot shorter than an 18-game season. And maybe you won't get those guys in the middle of the season that kind of choke. And you could have some pretty good teams, and it's only nine games, so who knows? I'm just I'm just spitballing here, guys, because 
Uh, you don't know what if if, if the game if the season is shortened to nine games, I would like to see a couple extra preseason games, even if they're in a stadium with no fans, just so that the game one isn't so shitty. Okay, so that yeah, the players have had some had some chance to play together. In reality, you might only see five games that are at a good level. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. don't have preseason games. So. I mean, if if they have a only, say, for example, they only have a nine-game season, do you let the guys practice before that for a long time? Because they are all still under contract, and therefore they owe the team money. And, you know, part of their contract is participating in practice. And you can keep the crowds to a minimal at practice. Mm-hmm. So, there's a thought. Yeah, you can pretty much close off practice altogether. You yeah. don't have to let anybody in. Yeah, but we've got a BC Lions coach that is is tested positive for this. That doesn't mean that there's not other coaches, trainers, support person, uh, equipment managers. All of these people are at risk and or putting others at risk. The the amount of people, we're not allowed to have a group in BC. It's illegal to have a group in BC right now greater than 25 people. Um, There's more than 25 players, never mind support staff. How is that possible? How are you going to be able to do that? Maybe that's now. Maybe that's going to be relaxed for later on in a month or two or three. But we don't know that at this point in time. And uh, no, that's the thing. I, I don't. I don't see how you can put. Are you going to put these people all in 14-day quarantine before they go in and touch anybody else? Before they talk to anybody else, you you lock them down in, in the university dormitories. And just say, this is what's going to happen here, guys. You guys, uh, anybody with any symptoms after 14 days is out of here. And the rest of you guys can uh, stick around. And then how do you move these people from one city to another? Uh, we're not allowed to on airplanes. You know, you're not allowed on a bus. You know, you're now chartering planes specifically for the team and the team personnel to to go from one place to another. That's a huge additional cost, especially when you're playing in stadiums with uh, minimal, if no fans. Uh, you're just better off not to play football this season. Economically, emotionally, I want a fucking game. I mean, just it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, you. you me enough by now over over the years that I look at the dollars more than I look at the game. And uh, if I was an owner of this team, of, of a team in the CFL, um, we wouldn't be having a season this year. I can't economically justify putting players at risk for dollars. I couldn't do it, not in good conscience. And, and the, the owners of these teams, for the most part, the owners of our, t- our football, the money's not going to bother them. It might affect the community-owned teams, been more than the other two. But, you know, 
is it Calgary Flames? Well, I, we've always said they've had really deep pockets, but then, you know, they're going to be hurting this year too. But they're the only other team right now that's not owned by somebody who doesn't give a shit about money. Will, will a season affect David Braley? No. Will a season affect the guy that just bought the Montreal Alouettes? No. Will it, will it affect MLSE? No. MLSE is more concerned about the Raptors and the Leafs right now than they are about the 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 Argos. Um, you know, Bob Young, Bob Young doesn't give a shit about money. I mean, he has more he has more money on his night table right now than what it costs him for a CFL season. No, I, I'm sorry. It, I, it, if we have responsible owners, I think we they walk away from this season as opposed to putting players or personnel or fans at risk. And so they should. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It's hard to tell. I guess it'll all depend on what the, they feel the situation is and what the government tells them, quite honestly. They're the ones dictating everything right now. Well, yes. I mean, they're not going to have a season if they're not allowed to have a season. But if they right. are allowed a season, you're really, at what point in time do you do you say, well, okay, economically, we can't run a six-game or a nine-game season. Why would we do this? Why would we put – I mean, there are people out there that are still at risk. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. Anyone else out there got a thought? If it pertains to S.J. Green, um, Edmonton could desperately use him. A lot of teams could use that talent. The only problem with him now is he's banged up and injured. Yeah, he went to the XFL, but he barely played because he's still trying to come back from the injury from last year. So... If he does come back, Edmonton better be paying him very little money because it's not sure how long he's going to last. Now he's got tons of time to heal up because of everything that's going on. But I love S.J. Green. I've wanted him on a bomber uniform for a long time. But at some point the body just says, okay, enough's enough. I can't do this anymore. And I think he's getting to that point. He still has the talent. We saw that last year. He went over 1,000 yards. He still has the talent. But is the body willing to let him play at this point? They were trying to nurse him along in the XFL. I think they were hoping closer to the end of the season he was going to be healthy. But then they can't cancel everything. So who knows? And let's face it, unless he's working out every day, as you get older, unless you work out, the harder it is to start again. So, I thought he should have retired at the end of the year anyway. But Edmonton could desperately use him. That's it. 
Okay. Anybody else have anything to add on SJ? Uh, for me, in terms of SJ Green, I I think he's a great, been a great receiver, but as Will always says, younger, faster, cheaper. Uh, if I'm a team looking at it, and I think we can get a guy younger, um, SJ's a great talent, but uh, I think his time is limited, so I wouldn't be surprised to. Um, um, well, I mean, it's certainly up to the Eskimos. Uh, maybe he's got a year left in him, but that's about all. But uh, he may be good, but you could also uh, might be able to get someone just as cheap, so it's hard to tell. But he's been a great player nonetheless. Without question. It's hard to deny that one. Okay, move it along. Where are we going now? Over the next nine weeks, Three Down Nation will be taking a look at the contract situations of all nine CFL teams. First up, the BC Lions. Did we read it? Did we look at it? Do we have a problem with it? No, I just think it's interesting to go through and seeing, you know, where everybody, uh, you know, how long they have on each contract and so on and when they all expire and, in the different positions and stuff like that. Let's face it, I was looking for whatever I could find, so I thought this well, was just yeah. kind of a neat, uh, interesting topic. Yeah, well, contract lengths, you know, I'd rather see the dollars. Mm-hmm. You know? We we thought, you know, okay, so here's our quarterbacks, and, and you know, they okay, they're, they're, their contracts are expiring. How much are they? Running backs, fullbacks, receivers. Does it matter? Does this matter? Does it matter to you when their contracts are expiring? I do. I actually like seeing if players are only for the one year or if they're looking to stay somewhere. It's interesting to look at that. And let's face it with the CFL contracts are basically worth the big pen they used to sign them. Yeah. But it is interesting to see if players are trying to stay with one team. Or if they're like some a lot of the players in the CFL which is I'm going to play for all nine teams in nine years so I can get an extra thousand dollars every year. Yeah, I'm I don't know. There's something about this that's just wrong. It's kind of pointless to me. I don't know. They're just trying to find something to write about. I know. There's absolutely nothing to write about, so they're making shit up. This Uh, is the quietest it's ever been. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. Uh, Yeah, and you can't blame them. Well, they've gone into isolation. Darrell Walker is still out there somewhere, for God's sake. Yeah. So. <laughs> Don't expect him to be signed anytime soon. Well, th- I mean, that's kind of the point, right? It's like, uh, why would you be signing a player right now? You, you sound, let's just hypothetically say you signed Darrell Walker and you get him at a massive discount. He's the one. 
front money, and why would you give anybody front money right now when you don't know if there's going to be a bloody season? <laughs> it doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Here's some money. Here's some money. Hopefully, we play. Yeah. yeah. If we play, this is how much we'll pay you. Uh, if not, you're on your own. Absolutely. I just, it's I'm just really totally weird. dumbstruck by all of this. And how is it possible? Anybody else? Anything else? S.J. Green, Edmonton, moving on. We've done that. Next, the Lions uh, contract situation. Three Down Nation is grasping straws is what they're doing. Articles here. And we'll move on to that. Players played in the XFL will now be allowed to sign in the CFL. Was there enough exposure for players who were not on CFL rosters to make an impression on teams? I... I don't think that players needed to play in the XFL to make an impression on CFL teams. If the CFL teams were doing their goddamn job out there with the scouting people, they had a book on everybody already. So I don't think that whether the, the XFL actually got off the ground, whether they actually played any games or anything else was completely and utterly irrelevant. Personal opinion. Could I be wrong? Yeah, why not? I'm always wrong. Um, just my thoughts on it. Doesn't matter. Everybody out there knows what's going on with the CFL or with the the XFL. We knew who the players were before they went to that team. We knew what's going on during the season, and we know what they're doing after the season. They're not there right now, so what's the point? What's your thoughts, William? The XFL important was does the playing time in the XFL was it important to uh, the Canadian CFL Canadian football team scouting departments that they already have this I, covered? I don't think I don't think the XFL was going to have much of an impact on the CFL other than guys coming from the XFL and signing in the CFL and getting to play twice in in a season. But as we've discussed before, really the only guys who could play in my mind 30 games in a CFL season are or 30 games in a in a year playing the XFL and the CFL would be kickers because there's not a lot of wear and tear on their body. Maybe wide receivers, receivers in general. Maybe a quarterback. A fullback. I don't think, yeah, I don't think defensive and offensive linemen can play 30 games in, in, in 10 months or whatever it is. It is just too hard on their bodies. So the XFL, you know what, it filled my football my football addiction for a little while, but I didn't think it had much pop to it. And and maybe it would have got better as the season went on. We'll never know. Um, And is there guys that you can sign in the CFL from the XFL? Probably. 
I, I do believe the leading quarterback in the XFL just signed uh, in, the NFL. in the NFL. Yeah. Carolina Panthers. So, so number one, these guys in the XF, XFL, the first thing they're going to look at is sign, trying to sign in the NFL if they can. And then, as always, they'll use the CFL as an option. But I, I just don't think... I just don't think you can sign a guy to a one-year contract and worry about him getting hurt in the XFL because he'll never—he can't be a star on your team if he's just going to flip-flop back and forth like that. But on the other hand, I understand why the guys want to do it because they want to make more money. It's that simple. <laughs> Playing all year I, round in the game they love. I, I think the question had to do with players who were not in the CFL previously that the NFL went off and found a bunch of American players, uh, and we're going to use American players, and just yep. to play in the XFL. And now that yep. they got played professional football, because they hadn't done that before, because most of them weren't ex-NFL guys, um, the, the, the short time that they were playing in the XFL give the CFL scouting department enough film to look at these players to make a decision as to whether or not to bring them up to the CFL for the, this game. Right. And my point was on this is that if the scouting departments were doing their job, they already they had already a book on them. these players that were good enough Absolutely. or weren't good enough Absolutely. for the CFL prior to this or weren't on the Absolutely. radar. How, how many of these players were not on the CFL radar is the real question. Right. And in the limited way that the XFL had, was there enough to put them on somebody's radar? That's the question. Right. It, and I, there's nobody who, in my mind, really stood out that much. That much, because you also gotta take into consideration the talent they're playing against. Mm-hmm. Okay. It may not. I don't. Do I think the XFL was uh, as talented of a league as the CFL? No. But, you know, my mind might have changed by the end of the season, but I doubt it. I doubt it. And and how many of and, – and I would agree with Christopher. I'm sure they were already on CFL radar, some of them. And how many of this, these guys never wanted to leave America, and that's why they wouldn't even consider this NFL or the CFL, sorry. So those are all questions that we'll never know the answers to, I guess. I don't know. Go ahead. No. Well, Fine. Let's just move on now then because uh, that's kind of – Oh, a- a- anyhow, this, sorry, we haven't had Phil in on this subject. Phil or Mark, what would you like to do? Well, I guess this isn't surprising. Uh, after the AAF season last year, I believe it was 30 players got signed to some sort of NFL contracts. Um, you know, at least a futures contract, or they at least showed up in camp. Um, and then a number of them made it to the CFL. I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head who had, who had a lot of success with that, but I think the XFL was even a little more prepared with their rosters this year. So I think uh, the potential for the CFL is, is real good, and we're going we're gonna to see a handful of these players play in the league. 
That's all. My point basically in asking was is that these guys obviously were not signed to a CFL contract already. So was the XFL a big enough sample size that would convince the GM to uh, take another shot on them? So, I mean, because I think the XFL only played four or five weeks. So that's four or five games. So uh, is that enough to, I mean, you could have one or two good games, but uh, my thinking is, was it anybody stand out in that um um, in that short period of time, and I'm not sure that anybody really did. For me, the one player that stood out that could crack a CFL roster was the quarterback, I think it was from St. Louis. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch it long enough to know any of the names. I think it was the quarterback from St. Louis who... He was a Strevler type of quarterback, but could actually throw. But could also yeah, run for a hundred. He could also Trevler run for a hundred. throw would be yeah. an awesome quarterback. The, the, this kid, he, he ran like Strevler, but he actually could throw a football. Wow. And he could the, be a legend is, in the CFL. It, that that's when I was watching them. It was like <laughs> the, they were basically running a. NCAA, almost a wishbone offense, but with the run-pass option. It was really fun to watch. You never knew where the quarterback was going to go. And watching the kid, it was, you're not good enough for the NFL. There's no way. But come up to the CFL, there's some future there. He just he looked fun to watch, and he had the style of quarterback that's coming in now. We make fun of Strebler, and I do too. But that's the style of quarterback that's sexy right now. And the, the, that kid might be somebody to bring up and see if you could teach. But other than that, there was it wasn't around long enough to really get a look, like from our standpoint. I'm assuming the scouts can tell within one or two live games. You know, from what I saw, it was okay football, but nothing really stood out other than that one quarterback. I just can't remember his name. Wasn't he a lion, Charles? I don't I don't remember his name. I didn't see that many games with St. Louis, but I do remember who you're talking about, so. The Battlehawks, that's what they were called. Yeah, St. Louis Battlehawks. Poor St. Louis. They finally get some form of a football team back after the Rams got taken from them, and then they got it taken away from them again by a virus. And they were adding 31,000, having 31,000 people at a game. I know. Well, yeah, I didn't realize St. Louis was having that kind of success. 
the, they they, were, yeah. the stadium was packed, and they. Yep. I, I know we shouldn't talk about it too much, blah blah, but that crowd was awesome. They were into. Hey, we we can talk about game. football I, right now. We just need to talk about football. I really don't care. Give a shit where it's coming from, okay, guys? <laughs> that crowd rivaled any drunken bomber or rider crowd I've ever seen. They were having so much fun. They really were. Is is that the city where I seen the picture of the uh, of the uh, beer cup snake? Yep. yep. No, I believe that. No, that was Seattle. No, that was in. Oh, is that no, Seattle? That was, no, it wasn't Seattle either. It was uh, D.C., Washington, D.C. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Well, Vince McMahon should know something about hosting a fun event. Because the other sport that he's been so successful with it is... Really, its success has been based on it's a fun event. It's not really sports fans; it's fun fans that that watch it. And just in my opinion. Okay, Charles, you're one hundred percent correct. It was the DC Defenders. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought, but I, I was pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, the quarterback for St. Louis that I was thinking of—he's six foot two, two hundred and twenty-one pounds. And he can run. He he was that size coming down on a CFL sized defensive back. That's a collision he's going to win every single time. I got to I got to tell you though, Mark, I, I I squinted my eyes when you you said uh, that that Stradler style quarterback is sexy right now. It is. It's the next big thing in the NFL. It's been it's been around in the CFL for thirty years. I got to admit that it was fifty percent in disbelief, but it was also fifty percent in, ooh, I know it's happening, but it, it pains me. But it's already been in the CFL for decades. Matt Dunnigan yeah. was a run pass option. Damon Allen was well, a Pierce, run pass Dave- option. Dave but Dickinson, Mike Riley, Tracy, uh, Darian Durant was just a run. It, the uh, the RPO quarterback has been in the CFL for decades. Yeah. It's just now getting sexy because it's in the NFL. Matt Dunnigan. You can go probably back to the 70s with quarterbacks that were like that here because of the size of the field. Yeah. Doing it on an NFL size field is a little different, and that's probably why it hasn't caught on down there quite so quickly. No, no. Like if you think about it, Edmonton was a run pass option quarterback factory. Yeah, when you let uh, you had Matt Donigan, Tracy Ham, Damon Allen, Warren Moon on the same team at the same time. Warren Moon. That's right. At one I mean, time, it was Donegan, Allen, and Ham on the same team. Well, it's, it's a shit. Look at uh, what the BC Lions were. You started with uh, uh, Matt Donegan and and Buck Pierce and Casey Printers and and Dave Dickinson and 
Travis Lule and Jonathan. They were all the same. Was DeWalt a runner? I can't remember. Not particularly. Early in his career, he ran more. Then he got a like a, I believe he got a leg injury, and then he did yeah. not run nearly as much. Yeah, he was By much the time more. he came to Winnipeg, he was just a broken old man. So yeah. But yeah, no. If you look at it, we've had the RPO for decades. Let's just CFL football. Yeah. And now it's just gone with, like, how many quarterbacks are? Over like six two, two hundred and twenty pounds, and they're only twenty four years old. These these guys, these kids have more to grow yet, mentally and physically. Yep. Okay, let's uh, cruise on a little bit here. Um, Ticats coach Orlando Steinauer held an Instagram Q&A with Ticat fans. We'll look at some of the topics that were covered. Did anybody pay attention to this? I don't really, I'm not a big Instagram person. I just saw it at the last minute. I didn't actually see it myself, so I don't know if anyone else did. Nope. Did anybody know it was happening before it happened? I'm on Instagram a fair bit, and I actually didn't see any of it. Neither did I, to be fair. What's an Instagram? Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually on Instagram. I just... Facebook without comments. It's awesome. What's that? It's Facebook without comments. It's awesome. Well, you it, can make it's also, comments on people's photos. Yeah, but it, yeah. the photos are only for days or something, aren't they? And then they disappear forever. Like you if can't you go back and, and story. Yeah. Okay, it, so that's how that works. I don't know. I'm just learning. I'm learning. You know, I just uh, realized that I put the wrong link, wrong uh, link on here. Yeah. So I'm just going to put up the right link for anyone that wants to look at it because I, I, I've been keep going. I'm actually incorrect. reading this one because this is a interesting actually, but I still didn't have the link for what we were trying to do. I think it's actually a smart thing to do by the teams right now is to keep the fans engaged somewhat. Yep. Yeah. They're going to have to do something. Yeah. And instead of putting Orlando Steinauer on, put Reinbold on. (laughs) Hey, I should hate Reinbold because of what happened here in Winnipeg because he was so bad. But I just wanted him to win a football game so badly. But was (laughs) he? Was he that bad? He wasn't ready to be a head coach. He was not a great head coach. The team wasn't ready to be a CFL team either. No, the team was a shit show. I know. The the whole t- yeah, it was, was an shit absolute show. shit show. He could have become a good coach. It, it could have been the start of something great for him. But, you know, he, he, 
Mike O'Shea went through some growing pains in the first year or two. Jeff Reimbold would have done the same. Could he have got better? Could that have been the you know the turning point? But he was handed such a pile of shit that was called a football team. That how do you coach that? And he also uh, the the biggest knock against Reimbold was he replaced Cal Murphy. Let's face yeah. it. <laughs> how do you hold that against the guy? You can't. I, I just admire his tenacity. His passion on the sideline is amazing. It was a memorable and entertaining uh, year that he coached the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Particularly early on, the media really embraced him, so he became a story and was so fun to watch. It was it a fun story. As shitty as we were with guys like Troy Kopp at quarterback, as shitty as we were... Ugh. It was more entertaining to watch than it was when Mike Kelly was the head coach here. Yeah. Jeff Reimbold, no question, he was the special teams coach for the BC Lions. I loved him on the sidelines. I loved it when he's in, in Hamilton. Just his passion for this game is amazing. I wish they had that. Everybody else in the CFL if, needs that passion. If everybody was like Jeff Reimbold, this league would be a fucking amazing. It is amazing, when but it would be... A block? When somebody misses a block and they come off the field? Oh, oh. oh he goes ballistic on them. I, I've got a, had an opportunity uh, while flying twice to uh, talk to Jeff Reimold on flights, and, and you really enjoyed my uh, maybe one and tours. Maybe I think Toronto to uh, Winnipeg one time, or Toronto to Regina, and uh, really, really enjoyed... Uh, Speaking with him, uh, he's entertaining one-on-one as well. Oh, he's an awesome person. He's the same in person as he is on the field. Yeah, he's got passion. And, and he's got that throughout his entire life. I mean, he's a competitive surf, right? I mean, his off-seasons are in Hawaii. And his kid is, is a competitive surfer as well. And I mean, shit, man! Like it drives the Harley onto the field. What more do you want? Didn't he drive it into the locker room or something too? What the motorcycle? Yeah. Um, yeah. When they introduced I think he did. him, when they introduced him to the Winnipeg crowd at our convention center, he drove the motorcycle onto the stage. Yeah. In full biker leathers, everything else. They wanted something different. They got something different. That would yeah. sell in Winnipeg. I, I I'm all over it. Now he's fan style marketing. It was different. Yeah. No. No. Man, the guy guy's a beast. William, what you got to say on this? Um, I like Jeff Reinbold, always have. The, the most important thing about Jeff Reinbold is he's a football fan. He's a CFL football fan. He's an NFL football fan. He's uh, probably a seven-year-old kid football fan. He's a football fan, and he seems like a personable kind of guy, and he's got lots of personality. And I guess 
I guess he's a perfect special teams coach because he has lots of personality. And you know what? He's got passion. There's no doubt about it. And okay. he actually still thinks he's he actually still thinks he's thirty years old. So that's the other thing. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, and I love that. I love that spirit. I I, I kinda look feel that way sometimes, but right now my body's hurting too much, so Moving on. Uh, actually, we're talking about um, Orlando Steinauer and his Instagram thing. And uh, one of the questions was, how are the Thai cats dealing with the COVID-19, which we've all been doing? It. So, the, you know, I always preach to the, the players to focus on controllable factors. And this is an out of control. This is something you can deal with in any aspect of things. So he just says, you know what? Encourage the players to spend time with their family and do the right thing. When they can work out, get into a workout. Stay at home as best you can, right? I uh, asked about the pivot debate. Okay, will, will he be starting Dane Evans or Jeremiah Mazzoli? Our answer was simple: both. Okay, when it's say that it's not to say what's going on, uh, Mazzoli is not um, ready to play yet. So, you know, just keep going. Uh, Maybe he might benefit from a delayed season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they talked about the defensive side of the ball, the ball, uh, yada, yada, yada. Could the tabbies go national? I don't know what this means. National players at certain positions. Yeah. Well, Canadians. Yeah. Canadians update on Luke Tasker who remains a free agent. And that's kind of where we are. It's a kind of little Instagram Q and a, uh, I don't know how that can be done on Instagram. You can actually I don't know how do that works. a live you can actually do a live stream on Instagram uh okay. where you can actually uh people can actually uh ask you questions. They can write in and ask questions. Okay. You can do that on Facebook. Yeah, you could do it there as well. Okay. So here's a question. What is the general age of CFL fans? Probably. Anybody? Oh, I I don't know the average. It's older, I think. It's old, right? I know it's older. Facebook is where the old people are. Instagram is where young people are. So if you're trying to touch CFL fans, doing it on Instagram isn't the way to do it. I mean, yeah. Well... I know you're trying to attract younger people, but younger people you're not going to attract with a Q&A with the coach. It's they have to be to fans already. They have to be fans already for this to have meant anything. You'd be amazed how many people are more on Instagram now, though. They're you'll discover it the more you go into it if you're starting into it now. But their live stuff is far better than Facebook, far better. I mean, it's the same company. It literally, on Facebook, it literally looks like somebody's using their phone. Whereas in Instagram, at least it looks professional. So... Okay. Moving on from Instagram, I'm going to pass the line back. 
Uh, this is, uh, what's his name, the uh, reporter guy? Monday morning quarterback. Monday, uh, yes, Monday morning quarterback. And he did the uh, players who are going to bounce back in 2020. Uh, problem is, is that nobody might be able to bounce back in 2020 because we might not have a season. Uh, number one, uh, Mecca Johnson, BC Lions defensive lineman. Okay, this was a big splash in the sun, and uh, he is going to come back and be a dominant interior lineman, as he kind of says here. Is that going to truly happen? Uh, James Wilder Jr., running back, Montreal Alouettes. Uh, we haven't seen too much about Wilder that's going to show that he can do a bounce back. Maybe he could. Uh, Kamar Jordan, wide receiver with the Calgary Stampeders. Oh, interesting. Bounce back here. Brad Sinopoli in Winnipeg, in Ottawa. Sorry, we'll rest. Got to get a quarterback. Uh, yeah, Nick, all right. I forgot. Oh. Renee Paradise, kicker in the Calgary Stampeders. Is he going to have a bounce back year? Is that the case over there, Will? Oh, no, I'm not going to ask you about quarterback or kickers. Sorry, that would be dumb of me. <laughs> we'll see, who cares? Who cares? Why? Why? Why are there kickers? Kickers are the life. Kickers are the lifeblood of Canadian football. Yeah. Well, How it dare is you? Football. How it dare you football. put down kickers? They're I'm they're not, I'm not an integral part of every team. Okay. They are. Because somebody's gotta kick the little bolly into the little net on the sidelines and give some fans something <laughs> to watch. Okay. And and. Yeah. I know. And, I, and, I I had a go at Troy Westwood once. And, and, and then when they go out, and then when they go out on the field and miss a field goal, because we like kickers so much, we still give them a point. Oh, shut up! So they must be a big part of the game. Shut Anyways, up! Someone else can answer that question. <laughs> shut up! I'm having a bit session right now with that Adam Blasetti. Oh. Kickers. What's the matter with kickers? We all got to like kickers. Who's your favorite kicker? Will, who's your favorite kicker of all times? Oh, come on. That's a stupid question. Bernie Ruoff, baby. Damn, you stole had, my thunder. He he had some pizzazz, and he used to wear glasses. Okay, come on. And it was, was higher awesome. than a kite when it was illegal. Well, absolutely. Actually, I did like Bob Cameron. I did like Troy Restwood. I did like, and this is a name that doesn't come up very often, and if I'm correct, you correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Mark. Trevor Kenner, did he win two or three Grey Cups? Uh, I'm going to say was it three. either kicker? Yeah, three. Kenner, That's what I was Kenner thinking. Kenner and Cameron were the kickers three. forever. They both were. Yeah. Okay. So Trevor Kenner. There, that's my final answer. Trevor Kenner. Trevor Kenner. Really? You're you're, you're going to yep. pick with Trevor Kenner? What? 
You're going to pick Trevor he Kennard. He won. Yeah. I, and I would have, I would have given an honorable mention to Louis Pasaglia, but I just couldn't get past his nose, man. Sorry. I'm all about looks, okay? And I couldn't get past his nose, man. You ever see the size of that thing? It was bigger than the Lions Stadium. I know. I can't. I can't. Uh, there's, there's nothing. I've got nothing good to say about Louie. Nothing. Okay. It's best just to move on. It's kind of funny. His Wikipedia page does not give him credit for winning a Grey Cup, yet it, it says that he kicked the winning field goal in the 88 Grey Cup. And he helped the Bombers to three victories, 84, 88, oh. and 90. Okay. And have you guys ever heard of him, or is that a new name for me to bring up? Uh, well, Mark would know him. I it Ooh, was Trevor new to Kennard? me. Charles Charles remembers yeah. players. Household name. I remember Trevor Kennard. Him and Bob Cameron and, were a hey, combo there. Hey Mark, any ideas what Trevor Kennard does now? No clue whatsoever. Okay. He's the accounts manager for Woods North Communication Services and is president of KDM, marketing communication firm. He's a former honorary colonel of the 435 Transport and Rescue Squadron located in Winnipeg. Oh, wow. I got a Wikipedia page. He's currently the president of KEM Inc., a marketing communications firm in Winnipeg. That's where he is right now. Oh, good. Okay. So he stayed in the city. Yes, he did. And you wouldn't know it because he's he never does anything. Have you, is he, no, he, he ever around the bombers at all? or? No, very rare. No, huh? Yeah. And if I remember correct, Mark, was he a little short, fat guy? Or is that just by impression of him? Uh, he, uh, he wasn't super fat, but he was tiny. He was short. Okay. He was shorter than Cameron. So. Okay. Yeah, but Bob Cameron's six feet tall, isn't he? Well, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. He kind of had a mullet, so let's move yes, on from that. Well, it was the 80s. <laughs> it was the 80s. There you go. Um, who, Phil, who's your favorite quarterback? Finally, I get an opportunity oh, sorry, to talk kicker, about kicker, 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 kicker. Finally, I get an opportunity to talk about kickers with enthusiasm um, because I don't really – usually I wouldn't normally talk about kickers, period – but, I don't know about uh, to hear about Dave Ridgeway. <laughs> I know you guys were going to think right off the bat I would be Dave Ridgeway. Well, you know what? It was Dave Ridgeway, and, and before that it was Dave Cutler. And, and uh, you guys probably remember the story that Dave Cutler used to uh, ride his bike to practice, and he was still going to high school when he started kicking for the Edmonton Eskimos. One of the most amazing stories in professional sports. And he wasn't just an average kicker. He was, he was by far and away the best kicker in the CFL at the time and, and uh, could have had a long career in the NFL if he had focused that way. And now, i got to tell you, though, 
ever since I hit my mid-40s, it's been Bob Cameron, and Bob Cameron's my favorite of all time. Any guy that was punting until he was 46 years old, uh, uh, that's my favorite punter or kicker of any kind. That's all. Okay. Mark, who's your favorite kicker of all times? I was going to say Bernie Ruoff just because of the look and everything else, but since Will took that, I'm going to go off the beaten path, and I'm going to say Dave Cutler just for the way he used to tie up his boot. Does anybody remember how he tied up his boot, Will or Christopher? You're probably the only ones old enough to remember him playing. Yeah. Where he tied it up. So his foot came straight back, and he had that super, the whole bottom of the shoe to kick the football with. Yeah, he tied it, the, the tip of his toe to his ankle or to his shin. Yeah. Was that not it, right? Yep. Yeah. But if we can use a punter as a kicker, it's got to be Bob Cameron. Because there was nobody better at punting against the wind. Ever. Okay. I heard a, um, a really interesting interview this off season with Bob Cameron, in fact, where he said his first game was in Saskatchewan. I believe it was a preseason game, and it was in, in gale force winds. And his first punt actually went for negative yards, his first yep. ever CFL punt. And he realized, I better learn how to punt into the wind or I'm not going to hang around on, in this league for very long. That was his focus that day forward. Hey, I got a question. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I hate I hate to ever correct Phil because I know Phil knows everything. Um, but did you say Dave Cutler kicked from high in high school? Uh, yes. I think you're wrong. <laughs> He went to Simon. He went to Simon Fraser University, and I think you're referring to Hank Elisic. Oh, yes, I am. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for that. Thank yeah, you. that's right. Because Hank Elisic, I knew he was kicking in the CFL when he was in high school. Yes, Thank and you he for kicked that. in the CFL for what twenty plus years, I think. Like he was yep. there for a long time. So. I, you just confused me a little bit, Phil, and I was I like, really, Dave Cutler? I don't think so. That's that's how much I think about kickers. I actually joined the careers of two separate kickers into one, and I'm like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Okay, uh, Charles, who's your favorite kicker of all times? Uh, well, I... Uh, Obviously, CJ made his uh, feelings known, and that's fine earlier. But I, um, I would say Louis Pasaglia. Just growing up as a Lions fan, he was there. Well, he was there before I was born, and played for the Lions until I was 22. So that just shows you the longevity there. Um, uh, the guy was the guy with a. a uh, a spectacular punter. He was a great field goal kicker. 
Um, always remember the 94 Grey Cup kick and the winning uh, field goal on the last play of the game. Also in the 2000 Grey Cup, he also kicked the winning field goal. It wasn't quite as dramatic, though, because it wasn't uh, the last play of the game, but that field goal provided the points that gave the Lions the win in that game as well. So um, he won three um, uh, Grey Cups overall. He, he was a big-time um part of the team in 85 that won the Lions' first Grey Cup in in 20, was it 21 years, and he had a big fake punt in that game. So, yeah, growing up, uh, I was always a fan of his. I met him a few times. At least when I met him, he seemed to be a pretty nice guy. So, uh, yeah, I think um, he would be my pick. If I was to pick my all-time favorite kicker, that would be the one I would pick. My my problem with Louie is off the field. I I ran into him t- twice in uh in in personal life and both times he uh his impression to me was just an arrogant prick. And uh and I just uh, I have no use for him. I don't uh believe in his moral structure and what he th- thinks that he can get away the arrogance of what he thinks he can get away with in public. And this wasn't uh it, it, it was not football related. Once we met him off the field doing different events and community events and stuff like this, this was in a bar. I met him twice in a bar, and both times he just disgusted me. So, so I we'll, I heard a rumor about Louis Pasegla. Maybe you two guys can clarify it for me. Okay. That his nose used to get to the stadium ten minutes before he did. Is that correct? Just asking. Just asking. Asking for a friend, right? Uh, no, I have no idea on that one. I'm not gonna not gonna comment. Charles can't. He's, he's a big boy in that regard. Was that? I said he was a big boy in that regard. That's no doubt about that one. Yep. Okay, so my favorite CFL kicker of all times. Damon Duval. He gave us the most spectacular ending to a Grey Cup game ever. (laughs) Did uh, Phil hang up yet? I think he did. (laughs) (laughs) I I I don't know why he hangs up. Why he takes it so personally? It's part of history. But yeah, I think that was him. That was that little click that he just he dropped him or he hung up or something. I don't know. Who hung up? What? No, he hung up. up. Phil, did you make fun of his thirteen players again? No, not his thirteen players. Of Ben Duval, the greatest kicker in the CFL, that had made the most exciting ending to a Grey Cup game ever. It was it was a, a very emotional game. Yep. Got a couple tries Obviously, at it, mind you. Phil hung up. I think Phil hung up me again. I don't know why he would do that. Okay. And and to be honest with you, since we're on this subject, that was probably one of the most thrilling end of games that I've ever seen in my life. I was overjoyed. Yeah, I know. So was I. How how you can swing emotions from oh my god they're gonna win to oh. Oh look! Yeah. Oh, touch! Yeah. 
It was awesome. <laughs> Jumping up and down. We won the Grey Cup. We won the Grey Cup. What's that red thing on the ground over there? No, hmm. I was going from the Montreal side of things, okay? Because that was like okay. they were going to win. They were going to win the Grey Cup because they were going to go and kick the field goal. So they were going to win. Yeah, we're going to win. We're going to win. Oh, look. No, shit, no, oh, oh, look, there's a flag, there's a flag, we're going to win, we're going to win, there's a kick, yes, victory, right, so that's kind of the Montreal side of things, and I'm not going to do the emotions for the, the riders, because I, I there's, there's no way I can get into the head of a rider fan, like, I just, uh, I'm not going to do it. Well, no, no, the emotions of the rider fan were, were pretty simple, one second, they believe they, they won the game, the next second... <laughs> Someone comes along and kicks them in the you know what's as hard as they've ever been kicked before, and yeah. that was the feeling. I'm sure that was the feeling. They were sick to their stomachs, and they were on their knees crying. Pretty simple. Do, doing a Brandon Banks. Absolutely. So Phil's never coming back again, is he? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I it's just I, I don't know why that would bother him so much. I, it is it's one of the most exciting endings to a Grey Cup game that for me ever. Okay, and it's not well, because it the Riders lost. It was just a spectacular ending to the game. The fact that the Riders lost was a bonus. <laughs> you know, I was just looking yeah, at some random stats. Um. Wally Bono, CFL Uh-oh. Hall of Famer, as a player yeah. and as a coach. I don't think as he's a, a Hall of Famer as a player, was he? Well, but as a punter? I don't think he was like, that good of a player. He wasn't that good of a punter either. No. Who? Wally. Bono. 43.7 was his he had average. A, he had a pick six in the Grey Cup. Yep. So, But his best punting average was 43.7 yards. Oh. We, we used to not we great. used to have a res, we had a receiver. I just forgot he punted. Yeah, hmm? who was that receiver, uh, Charles? It was a fireman out in Maple Ridge. Canadian that was a witch in Maple Ridge. He's a firefighter on Maple Ridge. Oh, um, and he, he was he was a firefighter when he was a receiver of the BC Lions, and he was our backup punter. He got to punt a few times, or actually, he might even kick a couple oh, field what goals. Oh, uh, yeah, it was, um, Jesus, what the hell, was it Josh, or was, no. I don't, no, Brett Anderson, Brett Anderson. Brett Anderson, that was it, yep. Yes. Yep, that's who it was, and he, yeah, he punted quite a bit. He was the backup kicker. And yeah. then, of course, Julio was also a backup kicker, and then they brought in that rule that if you were a quarterback, you couldn't play another position. Yeah, that's a stupid rule. Which didn't make sense to me. You know, the worst part about that Saskatchewan-Montreal game is I was so disgusted that Saskatchewan was going to be in my stadium. We sold our Grey Cup tickets. The week before, really? Because I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't a Montreal fan, and I wasn't a Saskatchewan fan. But man, I wish I had been there. Um. So, 
speaking of Grey Cup, so one of the best Grey Cup quote or soon to be Grey Cup quote or or Western final quote was uh, our, our good friend uh, David Benefield after winning the Western final in Calgary. I remember <laughs> that. The Calgary Stampeders and said, now get the fuck out of our locker room. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. David Benefield has never has never been one to uh he's always literally to speak his mind. Literally ran up the sideline saying that, okay? <laughs> yeah, no, get the fuck out of our Didn't he here. jump on the horse too? Yes. Uh, yes, yeah. he did. Yeah. Yeah, not a good and the only <laughs> other one the one, the one I remember the best, and it was one of my, it's my favorite of all time, is is Winnipeg was a terrible football team. They were terrible upon terrible, and they hadn't won in Calgary in years and years and years. And they came into Calgary. This was 2001, Mark. And they came into Calgary. They won. They destroyed Calgary in McMahon Stadium. And Milt Stiegel did his impersonation of the Stampeder horse, and I cried, okay? It was hilarious. Yeah, didn't he do that down the sidelines? Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just so happened that (laughs) they choked in the Grey Cup against Calgary that year and got beat by Marcus Crandall. (laughs) (laughs) And wide left. Don't forget wide left. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, and don't forget the hungover Charles Roberts. Yep. Yeah. Let's not. Okay. So, what else do we got here? We got about seven minutes left in the show. The uh, Ottawa Red Blacks are bored stupid over there with this covert nineteen. COVID-19 epidemic happening, and they have created a bracket pool for the best football movie of all times. What's your pick? I'm still going with The Replacements. That's always been my favorite football movie. Although I'm a little partial to Invincible with uh, Marky Mark. The original Longest Yard for me. Oh, that was a good movie. Burt Reynolds? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Semi Tough was good. If you remember Semi Tough, uh, Burt Reynolds and Christopherson. Yeah. There was a couple of good lines in there that I can't repeat, but that was kind of funny. Two for me are The Blind Side and um, Draft Day are two really good ones for me. Wow. Draft Day is spectacular. I, I watch it over yep. and over again, but then I've watched replacements over and over again too. Uh, but uh, Invisible was that's that true story that um, Philadelphia Eagle guy was a walk-on. No, 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 yep. no, no. No, he, he was a receiver. He was a receiver, and he was, he was he had open pride because their team was so pathetic, and that's all these right. guys were showing up in Batman suits and stuff. And uh, this guy walked in and actually made the team. Um, I don't remember his name. Uh, the actor or the football player? The, the, what, well, the actor was, um, Mark, uh, was Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. Yeah, Marky Mark. He, yep. 
but in no, it's not what I'm saying. What's that? Uh, what's this thing just kind of screwed me up here? Google. I'm just trying to. Uh, Vince Palpe. The receiver's name. What? Vince Palpe. Okay. Mark Wahlberg played the Vince Palpe. Uh, 1970s Philadelphia is in chaos as the southern portions of the city uh, protest the shutdown of several job sites while the NFL team, the Eagles, endure a string of losing seasons. And 76, a substitute teacher named Vince Palpe goes to a sandlot one night and joins his friends playing pickup football against another group of young men at the end of the game. Palpe goes home, finds his wife Sharon disgusted with his failure to provide his support. They got divorced. Any, anyhow, it goes on and on and on. It's a, it's a great story. It was a great, great story. And he actually stuck around the Philadelphia Eagles for what four or five seasons, something like that. Yeah, it was a, it was pretty good. I mean, it was never, never awesome, but it, it was interesting. And who was your favorite player in the replacements, Christopher? Oh, I don't know. I like the two black guys with the guns. They were pretty good. I love uh, the kicker. I love the, the, the kicker, kicker. The kicker, yeah. The 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 Welshman. Yeah. He got himself in a little bit of trouble there, though. Uh, let's see who we got here. What's going on here? Cass, Keanu Reeves. Okay, Shane Falcon was the quarterback, right? Jimmy McGintry was the coach, played by Gene Hackman. Uh, oh, you got Clifford Franklin. I like Gene. <laughs> you remember Clifford Franklin? He was pretty funny. Uh, I also like the. the, the the dead receiver guy, Danny. What is it, Danny? He he was pretty. Good. I love the dancing in the in the. Oh, you're talking about Nigel Gruff. Yep. The leg, Nigel the leg Gruff. Yeah, no, it was a pretty spectacular movie. It is. It's hard not to not to like that one. And what was the big song in there? I don't remember. I can't. I, can't, uh, I haven't seen that movie. I can't in a long remember. Time. I can see them dancing to it, but I can't remember. Oh, not that one. That was um. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna lose it. I'm not gonna do this. Ninety seconds left in the show, so we're not gonna do this. I uh, the the big one at the end of the movie was Heroes. Um, David Bowie. Which was later done by the Wallflowers. Okay, yeah, thanks a lot, Mark. Uh, it, it, she came up and told me that one. So this has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode four hundred and twenty-eight, and it was a challenge, but we did it. I'd like to thank everybody for showing up. Uh, everybody, go around the table here. Say, hey, Phil, you first. Go ahead. Oh. Dead silence. Phil's not here. Uh, Mark, go ahead, quick. 
Good night, everybody. Talk to you next week. Guys, we made it through this. Charles, good luck with next week's agenda. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I think I'll start as soon as I hang up. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Charles, say good night. 30 seconds. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Everybody stay home. Stay home. Stay away from people. Be an asshole. Well, shoot it. Good night, everybody. You're talking to the greatest meme who's ever lived right now. Go out. <laughs>